Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Um, uh, yeah. I was just waiting for it to unmute. It looked like it's, it was it, uh, it unmuted. <laughs> so, um, good morning, all. Oh. Welcome uh, to the morning show from... Uh, we're coming to you from San Diego. From this San Diego, uh, we were just a couple minutes late. We were just trying to help Candace get uh, everything some hooked up. Stuff. So some technical. And before stuff. that, we were having our own technical. We stuff. We were having so, our own technical yeah. stuff, and um, you know, one thing that that's a uh, it's an iffy, very big if is uh, you know we usually stay Hilton brand and. And when we get checked in, some hotels, they give you the premium internet because we travel an awful lot. This one did not. And the internet speed was like super slow. So I... I um, when you say brands, just remember that um, the opinions of Michelle may not be <laughs> reflective of the morning show. And so she's she's naming names over here. So uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I <laughs> that's, that's one thing that Jim's had to learn to you know, love and appreciate about me. It's like, oh, I, you know, I, I, there's certain airlines Jeez. I like, there's yeah. certain hotels I like. There's, yeah. I've also learned know. that you're a bit of a wild card. So it's fun though. I it's can a be. fun yeah. adventure. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, Life's an adventure. Good. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're glad to be with you. Mm -hmm. We just wrapped up the uh, conference over in uh, Arizona and shout out to those mm -hmm. folks again, oh really successful conference. conference. They did a lot of work to get a lot they of dealers did. there. Great yeah. vendor turnout, great speaker lineup. And oh. I'm not talking about us. I mean, there was a lot of great speakers. There really there were some a lot great of great education speakers. for dealers who made the trip to Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was hot, but not unbearable. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. We survived it. Yeah, yeah. We did. It was quite nice. Um, we have a guest that will be coming on in just a minute. And mm -hmm. let's just, uh, on Friday, we have Jack Carter. Jack Carter coming back to kind of talk about some things that he's been going to social with. Um, so we will, uh, we'll just, you know. We want to talk about the, yeah. the whole lien holder thing, the problem with cars going to junkyard, you know, without um, yeah. the lien holder being or, notified or, or what like have you. like a total or insurance, yeah, insurance that stuff too so yeah it'll be, and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so um which is a problem that uh, dealers out there are experiencing and and um uh, you know i i think i think we kind of get used to a what is i mean you know it's just like well it's just something we have to oh, navigate sure. around and um yeah we're <laughs> we're constantly like wait there's a friction point here that shouldn't be here yeah. We live in 2023, mm -hmm. shouldn't have a friction point here. So yeah. let's figure out how to fix it. I think that's what we heard from Jack is like, mm -hmm. I just, he just wants to see, um, you know, that issue come to the fore. So, yeah, so Friday morning, it'll be on the morning show. Yeah, so. absolutely. All righty. Um, should we just, yeah, let's Candace. bring Candace in. Candace so I didn't like get ready. a chance to tell Candace before she joined or, you know, in our technical stuff this Hi, morning. morning. Hi, Candace. Hi, good morning. We're so excited to have you on the show. Of course, you were a guest with us just before the NIEDA We were talking about and, NIEDA. Yeah. Yes. And we didn't get a chance to talk enough about you, and I didn't get a chance to tell you before we went live this morning that I want to hear the long version of the Candace story, like, you know, kind of how you journeyed your way into yeah. the buy here, payer business. We know in your case it came through real estate. And so I would just urge you for those folks who are tuning in this morning that haven't heard your story, Kind of help us understand how you became a buy here, pay here dealer. Well, thank you so much, Jim and Michelle, for having me back on with you guys. I enjoyed my time with you before NIADA. 
And of course, being out in Vegas, who doesn't love that? Yeah. Didn't have a chance to like find you and meet you actually in Vegas. So. Everybody's always going. There were so many dealers. There was so much happening. So, yeah, that's definitely definitely understandable. But I'm glad you all were able to do well out there and see some some friendly faces. I always say it's like a reunion for the independent dealer. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. It is. Yeah. So, story. Yes. Yeah, so my story. So this started out actually a little bit before I started the dealership. Um, and you guys know a little bit of that backstory. I was working for Union Pacific Railroad. They are the ones that actually have me here in Nebraska. Uh, yeah. I was raised in South Florida, uh, yeah. went to school in Oklahoma, and then the railroad recruited me right out of college. So they sent me down to Houston. So I worked in a little town called Angleton and then also in Freeport, which is just south of Houston. And so while doing that, the, in 2008, the economy failed. Everybody felt the effects. Huh? And so the major effect I felt is a railroad said, we know you're enjoying Houston. However, you're now coming to Omaha to headquarters. And so that's what I did. Well, while working for the railroad, I also wanted to be able to do real estate. HGTV was one of my favorite um, stations. Oh, you and I, sister. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I love Flip That House. That's one of my favorite shows. I said, I want to do that. I want to be able to flip houses. But because I did not have the money to do it, the resources to do it, and my family did not either, I had to figure out something else. Mm-hmm. And so my supervisor at the time was selling his son's car, hot old Honda Accord, 2004 Honda Accord. And I said, you know what? I can afford that. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can actually get a little bit more money for it. So I was able to do that. And I did just a few of those, which actually helped me land my very first property um, that I was able to flip right here in Omaha. So I was very excited. But what Ooh. happened in the meantime, when you, <laughs> you, wait, when, you flip a few cars till you could flip a house. That's right. <laughs> oh, nice. I love that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Now, mind you, the house was not all that expensive of a house. The market was very different at that time than it is now in Omaha. So yeah. the home was actually only $10,500. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we yep. So I was able to just get that house for cash. Nice. And then, yep, worked on the house, fixed on it. And then I actually put it on Section 8. So I rented it out um, just for $1,000 a month. I did that for two years. And then I sold it. And so I sold it for 58000 And, you know, it worked out very well. So I still enjoyed that. But in the process of that, I loved doing cars. I loved meeting the different people. And so I had already been attempting to work towards working with someone to get my dealer's license. Mm -hmm. Because in Nebraska, as in many states, not only do you need a location, you have to have certain hours that are open. And so when you're working full time, that's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. So what happened is I ended up getting laid off in 2015. They did a lot of management layoffs. Very unfortunate. I was out on FMLA pregnant. So I thought that, yes, it was, it was actually a terrible time. I'm smiling now because of the outcome. When you're on this side of it, you can smile. When you're on that side of it, it's all tears. This wouldn't have been a great interview at that time. I got you. A different guy. A different guy. Exactly. So I went through that transition and actually ended up meeting my business partner. And so his name is Ron Devers. We own home team model sales together and a couple of other businesses. Uh And so, of course, from that point, I just continued right on. We opened our dealership and we purposefully decided that we would like to do buy here, pay here and, you know, or in-house financing, whatever the best way is to say that makes people feel a little bit better. But that's what we wanted to do. Only we wanted to do it a little differently. So thankfully, our very first entrance into the industry, there was a NEI ADA meeting, which is Nebraska State Organization to NIADA. 
uh-huh. the very next day. So we got licensed and the very next day they had that meeting. Nice. Perfect. So we really got started off on the right foot. So we met vendors and we figured out our DMS and we figured out that there was a conference at that time in, the, in 2018. So just six months after we were licensed, it was going to be in Florida. And so we're brand new, not really knowing what we're doing. And we said, let's go to this conference. I bet we learn a lot. Well, it wasn't even necessarily about what we learned, but who we met. Of course. Yeah. And so, you know, made some great friends in the industry, found out that we really weren't doing it the wrong way. You know, when you don't know, you don't know. So got some confirmation on the things we were doing right. Got some assistance on areas where there were opportunities for us and we were able to keep going. And so then shortly after COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a smile still on your face. Yeah, I still have a smile again because the outcome. So, yeah, right. um, so yeah. So from that point, in the very beginning of COVID, we didn't know what to do. No one did. So we did close our doors for a little while um, until we figured some things out, and then we were considered an essential business um, shortly after. So we were able to open back up. So the beautiful thing of it, as a lot of businesses did in the beginning, was very scary. You're not knowing if you're going to make any money or how much of a loss you may have in that year based on the year prior. But by the time it rolled around to the end, we actually made more money in 2020 than we had in 2019. And thankfully, that was a story for a lot of businesses. Um, It's very unfortunate that that's not the story for all, especially within the restaurant industry. And so um, here in Omaha, we work with a lot of different entrepreneurs, a lot of different businesses, pretty much in in all industries. Uh And so- we have had the opportunity to work with those that did have to close their doors, but they're doing other things now to get back up and at it still in 2023, they're working on it. And so we appreciate that. So that's kind of the beginning story that leads us closer to where we are today. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, I I want to say before we go on with the story at the conference in in Arizona, we were talking about um, COVID and how COVID for, it, it really, it, forced every business to get out of their box and figure out how to shift shuck and jive whatever it is just mm-hmm. like to to be able to um to keep viable and keep their doors open and we watched we were in salt lake at the time and we watched restaurants that were like oh you got that figured out real fast that they just had essential workers there and people would drive through nice restaurants and they would hand them their food. Hand yeah. Them their you food, could see businesses food, adapting yeah. on the yeah. fly. And obviously that's part of what we all have to learn through that. Right. Is the absolutely. I think the key word out of COVID was pivot. You know, yeah. we all had to learn to pivot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, you know, would uh, car guys um, being in the industry, if you've, if you've been in the industry for 10, 20, 30 years, you kind of get entrenched mm-hmm. and it forced a lot of people to, it's like, Oh, and Wait, you can, you can, are do, you saying dealers can kind of get stuck in their ways? Is that what? I think a lot of people can. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people can, but yeah. um, it, it was, it was, it was a really beautiful learning opportunity. And absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's what we try to do, you know, is figure out the best way out of something negative, you know, get to a win. So, yeah. so a little bit more then about the, okay, uh, and then. the car part. We know that we, <laughs> I'm interested to hear because we, we've heard you tell a little bit of the story about how you you focus on kind of helping people improve their credit circumstances. And so we want to hear about that part. Well, I want to hear about the, about why, not just that you do, but why you do do what you're doing. So the reason that we do many of the things we do is because we have been our customer. So we say that, you know, proudly and our families have been our customer. And that means the customer that needs the buy here, pay here dealer. Mm -hmm. 
either credit is poor, um, you don't have the financial literacy that's needed to get yourself out of the hole, or you haven't received some of the opportunities, you're from an underserved community where some of the pieces to the puzzle haven't been there for you to have these other opportunities. And so when our dealership got started, we actually started with salvage title vehicles. That's, uh, you know, one of our very first uh, stories that was written on us was done because we would purchase vehicles from Copart and IAA, the insurance auto auction. Mm -hmm. And that's what gave us our start. And so what we would do, what we found is that we just knew to stay away from flood vehicles, um, those with airbag deployment, and then we would stay away from things with frame damage. So that was just our mission. So other than that, we would get vehicles that ran really well because we knew that people needed to be in a car that was going to run very well. And so it's easy to fix a fender. It's easy to fix something that may have a little bumper damage. And so those are the things we did and that got us started because we did not have the capital to get going and we wanted to stay away from flooring and floor planning. Um, we wanted to kind of just stay out of that debt. We were okay with growing slowly and figuring things out. And so we also did not pay ourselves. So there are several other things that we do or that we're licensed in that would keep our households running so that we could grow our business. And so for our first several years, all of the money that we made in business went back to the business. Mm -hmm. And that's what allowed us to do several other things, including purchasing the space, the building that we're in now. So we own all of our buildings. Uh, we now do some commercial real estate. And so we own three properties at, uh, for home team model sales. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. What? Thank you. I'm, I'm interested in the business growth part of that just quickly on the yeah. uh, thing about you not taking uh, compensation from the business. Were you actively involved in running it? Did you have a manager or somebody in there day to day? No. And Ron and I did absolutely everything. So it didn't matter if it was taking out the trash to being the, our own lot porters, um, yeah. which is easier than you think when it's not snow out on the ground and yeah. a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> a little bit miserable in 10 degree weather. Yeah. So Yes. We were sourcing our own vehicles and just figuring it out. You know, I'm calling on the parts and, you know, getting family to take me out to the auction to pick up a car and everything yeah. you can think of. And so that's just kind of how we did it. So family is heavily involved in what we do. Um, our children, even, you know, our littlest ones. So I have a seven-year-old. Uh -huh. And my 21-year-old was very heavily involved throughout high school. Uh -huh. And so that's kind of how we just kept things going is calling on assistance from those around us. And so everybody appreciates it now because they helped us get to where we are and to where we see ourselves going. But yeah. in the process, what we were able to do for the community and those around us is help them get into vehicles that um, were not advantageous loans. Mm -hmm. So we could work with them in certain ways. One we found out by attending the conference is to make sure we had GPS units on our vehicles so that we did not have to go through some of the complications that we heard others deal with when there has been a default on a loan, you cannot get in contact with the customer and you do need to pick up that vehicle. Mm -hmm. The difference is in all of our years of doing this, we actually have only repossessed 10 vehicles. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we work with our customers. We spend a lot of time on the front end talking with our customers when they come in. And mainly what we're talking about actually is the finance part of it over the vehicle part. So we're not doing a lot of talking about car features. Um, we're doing a lot of talking about what got you into this situation where you felt the need to have to do buy here, pay here. Mm -hmm. And how do we get you into a better position where either A, you're buying a vehicle for cash so that you can stay out of debt or B, how do we get you into a position where we can finance you the traditional way where it's reporting to the credit bureaus and helping you towards 
home ownership because that is our true mission in business is to help our customers get towards home ownership through their car buying purchase. That is definitely white hat dealer material right there. <laughs> that is. It's, it's, you know, trying to help, um, offering a hand to help up and, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, it's, it's, we've had conversations about this. How do you help people help themselves? You can't push from behind because then yeah. you a lot of resistance and it's about I am here here's my hand you choose if you want to take it and then helping them up and I love I love the home ownership part or you know just the the, the counseling and it's like you really you care about the success of these people yeah absolutely and so we spend a lot more time teaching than selling um, when we get into the deal of the vehicle we slow down the most when it comes to their contract and we're explaining the importance of this interest rate and we're explaining what it means for you to be able to put more towards principal throughout the loan and we're using some terms that our customers honestly have never had sure. and so we have a different perspective because we have been that customer yeah. and we make sure to keep that in mind and we know the fight the uphill battle that we had to get to where we are and so that's what we continue to try to um, press and impress upon individuals as they come into our dealership. So we do things such as if you come into our lot and let's say you don't have the necessary down payment to get into a vehicle because we, we're we not um, selling the salvage title vehicles um, in the way in which we were when we got started. Uh -huh. And so we have a different quality car. We have a lower mileage vehicle. So all of the things as you grow, your inventory should improve. And that also in turn helps the community. So they're in newer, lower mileage vehicles. Yeah. And so if you don't have the necessary down payment, then we still work with you on improving your credit. We partner with an organization that's called Operation Hope. It's a national organization. And what they do is they actually work with you hand in hand to begin your credit repair journey and also credit building. So a lot of times people think, well, let's just get in here and figure out how to get the bad gone, but you also need some good reporting because your credit score is the primary determining factor for you getting into a home purchase, um, a vehicle purchase if you're going through a traditional bank or traditional dealer. And so um, outside of that though, we are a hybrid store. So we still do a lot of traditional financing just through the banks that we have independent dealer contracts with. We also work with our local credit unions for the customers they currently have. They send them to us. And then we also work with another avenue for lending to our customers. We have an organization in Nebraska called Lending Link. Um, they are headquartered here out of Omaha. They're philanthropic based in the fact that their lending practices are based on character and not just credit. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. They cap their interest rate, um, which even where things are today, we know where things are with interest rates, their interest rate is capped at 8%. Mm -hmm. And so anytime we can get a customer through their organization, we work with them. They report to all three major credit bureaus and they make some things easier. They only can go up to a certain amount um, for vehicles, but they work with us very closely. And so every time we have a car that will fit that metrics, we work with them. So here's the deal. We can make more money by hanging on to that deal ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Our interest rate is higher than theirs, and you can make that money over the long term. However, that's not what's best for our customer when they qualify. So if they can qualify for something better, we're going to give them something better. Good. Mm -hmm. And you're still making money. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's our first fiduciary duty in business. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be able to stay in business if you want to help anyone through yeah. your business. Yeah, I can't help anybody tomorrow. So I'm no. going to move away from that, though. I'm 
now that you've been in business for a time and you've, you've seen a lot of customers come through your door, I'm interested. And we think about this a lot when we meet people that are new, they haven't really been exposed to this credit segment or, you know, um, folks in this particular situation. I'm wondering what you feel like is, what do you see in terms of customers who find themselves in tough credit spot? What is the reason or what are, what are the top reasons that you see? We see a lot of lack of information, education, right? What else do you see? That's definitely number one, Jim. I'm glad you guys recognize that. It is a lot of lack of education. So a lot of times, um, especially in the minority community, we hear about this wealth gap, which is just factual. There's a large wealth gap within our society. But what we found as a predominant reason also has to do with a knowledge gap. So we always say we're looking to close the knowledge gap um, so that we can have a greater impact. Because once you have the information, it's easier to make the money and make smarter decisions with your money. Know that there are some other options and opportunities. So sometimes our customers have found themselves in this position because they did not know there were other places and opportunities to get vehicles. Right. That's one. So they may have been put into um, a loan that just was not customer friendly. Mm -hmm. So they may have a vehicle that is really valued at around $6,000 that they're paying $16,000 on. Um, the vehicle may go down and then there's not really a way out of it. It's a vicious cycle. You're going to continue. I'm sorry. I need to get this plugged in. You're going <laughs> to continue paying on a car um, that aid or isn't running or is running very poorly. Mm -hmm. And so eventually you give up, you either turn it into that company as a voluntary repo or they come get it or, you know, you quit on it. Or as you guys mentioned that you're going to be talking about, the vehicle gets junked. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so what we found um, as another issue within our community specifically is that even if a vehicle is paid off, which it, excuse me, should be and needs to be by law in order to go to the junkyard, someone will have a paid off vehicle and not have the money for a seven or a hundred dollar repair mm -hmm. and they'll junk that car because yeah. in their mind they're feeling like well i don't have any money and i have no car i'll get right. this four hundred dollars you know yeah. on, on the higher end i'll get this four hundred dollars depending on what the, the they're paying for the weight on that week and i'll get to work on uber or by lyft for you know as long as i can well then they lose their job mm -hmm. so now they have no vehicle no money no job um, in some situations, kids aren't getting to school and it really is a very mm -hmm. vicious cycle that it's easy to get yourself into. So then you go just jump into the next best thing you can get into. Someone has a car for 300 down. You go and you jump on it. Mm -hmm. And so it may not be the best decision. You feel rushed and pressured. And so sometimes we're finding that that's what happens. In other scenarios, you've just never seen anything different. And so you feel that there's only certain ways of doing and living life, meaning your family's never owned a home. So you've never had anything to grow towards. Um, you don't have your money that's being either A, your great payment history, history being reported to the credit bureaus, because when you pay rent, it's not going to the credit bureaus. Right. Yeah. But what we know for sure is that, A, if you're paying rent, then you're paying more than someone's mortgage so you can afford a mortgage. And B, you're clearly making a payment every month on time or you would not have a roof over your head. Yeah. However, yeah. you're really kind of punished for helping someone else towards homeownership and the American dream. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. I, I love the idea about the knowledge gap. I mean, I think that's something that we, we recognize and support. Yeah. I think the other thing we see... Sometimes there's this perception that the customer in the poor credit segment or buy here, pay here segment is um, 
irresponsible. And while we certainly meet people who fall in that category, that's not, that's a small it's, percentage and, of people. And, that and are it's just, not intentional. Right. It's irresponsible because that's, they don't know anything, you know, they don't understand uh, money management or whatever. And so they are irresponsible with their money, their actions, but they're as a person, they may not be an irresponsible person because they, food on the table for the kids and they get to work every day and they, you know. Yeah. Um, and the other thing we right. see of circumstances, I mean, f- folks fall into difficult stuff. I mean, stuff happens and can mm-hmm. definitely, uh, you know, when I, we use the expression, you fall off the credit merry-go-round because once you fall off of that thing, it can be really difficult to get back on. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Very difficult. And so what you're saying is right, Jim. Now there are those probably absolutely all of us who have been irresponsible at some point in our lives. But did we have someone else to give us a hand up to make right. a, a change? Did we have some other options when we made those mistakes? So uh-huh. we're not out here living a fairy tale and saying, you know, oh, everyone is in this position because they've made great decisions and only had hard circumstances. That's not the case. That is sometimes the case. Yeah. Of course, yeah. But yeah. oftentimes they just have made very poor decisions initially, even if it was due to lack of knowledge. They made the poor decisions themselves. But now they're not making those same poor decisions, only they still can't get out of that merry-go-round that you speak of. They still have not had the opportunity to do something a little bit better. They still have not run into the dealers that are out here. There's so many dealers out here that are doing the right thing, that are wanting to help their customers get into the vehicle that's smart for them, not needing to sell a vehicle just because it's been on their lot for a certain amount of time and they're going to just put anyone in it, the next person that walks onto the dealership, uh, regardless of what their need actually is. And so for us, that was also part of the reason that we stayed out of uh, and stayed away from flooring and floor planning is because we did not want to ever feel rushed or mandated. And when we needed to sell a vehicle, because we need to make sure we're selling the right car to the right person. Um, And so we do our best to work on that. And it's not that we don't make any mistakes in business or that we haven't. um, But anytime we do, anytime we have, we've done our best to try and learn from that. We listen to our mentors and coaches. We have mentors that are also in the industry um, doing things on a much larger scale than we are. They help us to grow. They help us to correct our actions. Um, They look through our numbers with us. They tell us what we can be doing differently or better. And they celebrate what we're doing well. And so that sometimes, you know, what's needed in business is just making sure you have some people in your, in your corner that -hmm. are saying, Hey, we're behind you and we're supporting you, but you may want to take a look at this, or you may want to spend some more attention here or there if you still want to be here to help these same customers. And so that's what we're working towards and working on. No, it's George. I I think he means means a renter. A renter. It's so George says, I've never heard anyone say a renter is paying someone else's mortgage. And that means they can afford a mortgage. Um, uh, paying it on time and they're paying it on time (laughs) and and that's it's like spot on we have uh with our children um that are young adults that's Mm -hmm. that's one of their things that they they're always saying is like how do you get off of that if you um and uh if you obviously you flip hondas is what you do yeah that's right obviously (laughs) but george thank you so much for um picking up on that and so Mm -hmm. there's more to it of course, with the home purchase, it's not just being able to afford the down payment into a house, but what is home ownership? If your entire history and family has always been renters, then anytime there's an issue with the toilet, you call the landlord. Anytime there's an issue anywhere in the home, you call the landlord. So what is it to maintain a home that you own? What yeah. is it to take care of the landscaping? You know, what do you need to do as far as insurance and paying the taxes each year? So there's so many pieces to this puzzle. Just one of the very first that we're able to help with is 
getting you into a vehicle where we can report to the credit bureaus, show your good payment history, yeah. not get you, yes, not get you into a vehicle that's just too high and outside of means for you to continue to pay for, or now you can't afford insurance on the car. You're out here driving without insurance. So these are just some of the things that we keep in mind. And then for our dealership, we also give scholarships. Um, so we've been giving scholarships to graduating high school seniors since before we were paying ourselves. And wow. I, I always say I'm not suggesting that um, to everyone. It's, that was just our path. That was our journey. I love it. I love it. And I, I, this, you, I, we, you be like the, the poster person for the things that, that we, um, we really stand for and that we try to teach people to do. It's like, this is, you're part of a community and, and part of being in a community is to not, is to help people improve too. Yeah. And I think can't, right. one of the things with us, with the, the white hat way that you've heard us talk about with white hat way, what we're really trying to do is use that as an emblem to set, cause you know, Michelle and I talk about that a lot, but we obviously can't make dealers care, right? We yeah. can't make right. them caring, but what we can do is highlight those that, that are playing a long game who do genuinely care about the neighbors in their community. Right. Yes. You're, yeah. you're a neighbor, be a good neighbor. And the thing that we found is there is a, a whole lot more great dealers, amazing dealers um, doing similar things to what we're doing and better things than what we're doing. And so the vast majority are doing things very well and they are helping and they realize that when you do well, those around you should do well. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're just playing a long game. You're, you're interested in the customer success, which changes your business approach. It you does. Know, you just, we see a lot of dealers who, aren't necessarily in that category. And so we recognize the difference and we would just say, that's part of what we're trying to showcase, yeah. you know, with the white hat way is just, you know, the white hat thing for us symbolizes the, the old cowboy of the West who rode in, you know, the, the good guy or good girl on a horse. Right. So that's yeah. kind of what we're <laughs> suggesting with the white hat way. And, is and like, yeah. And someone who just like, they, they, um, they know their neighbor, um, that, that they're there and they're there to lend that, off the offer that helping hand it's like um you know you're that's you're right broken down on the side of the road you stop and, and i'll tell you one outcome that we have found um that i think everyone when they're doing their best to do the right thing right you're never going to please everyone we know that for sure when you're doing your best to do the right thing you really don't have to put as much effort and energy into advertising and marketing uh your customers and neighbors do it for you and i always say we're not selling cups of coffee. So you're not going to come buy something from us every day. We're selling vehicles, but you can always talk to your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family. And that's what our community does for us, which is what lends us to be a hybrid store. We sell yeah. a lot of cash vehicles. Nebraska has a lot of wealth though in the part of Nebraska I'm in, there's a lot of poverty. It's just the, the mm. corner of the state that I'm in that has that level mm. of poverty or level of unemployment. But for the rest of our city and state, um, there's a lot of wealth. And so people intentionally come to us to purchase their cars because of what we're, what our mission has been and what we have actively shown we do in helping others and helping the community. So while our primary focus is to help lift, we have a lot that come and help lift us. And so they're getting vehicles from us for their businesses or for their kids, or we sell a, a ton of vehicles to first time drivers. And it's not just simply children. Sometimes it's those that are new to the country or, you know, just haven't been licensed prior to. So we're very thankful to our community because they see what we do. They help us uh, every step of the way. They share our information freely. And I think that's just been one of the ways that's helped us be able to continue to be good stewards you know, in our business and to what we're responsible for. 
Listen, uh, we can't wrap up without hearing the story about you. You have a, a good friend who's a well-known boxer. And I, know, I know almost nothing. Nothing about boxing. What I know about, I learned a little bit about how to duck. Like when I say the wrong thing, Michelle, I have to learn how to write. I have to learn how to just jab, just duck a little bit. But, other than that, boxing. but tell us about your friend that is there from uh, Omaha. So Terrence Bud Crawford, he is the uh, welterweight champion of the world. And he is right here. He's from Omaha, born and raised, absolutely loves his city, loves his community. And he's another one of those that does everything he can to give back. That's of his treasure and of his time. He has a gym here um, where he actually teaches young kids and works with them. And so he's doing things the right way. But he uh, has made history in being the only male to be the uh two division champion and so it's just been amazing we had a huge yeah. celebration in omaha with a parade um that was done by our mayor and other uh, officials in government and so he was right there it was tremendous he had a a title match in las vegas at the end of july with earl spence uh, who was out of dallas and of course omaha conquered <laughs> through right. terrence and so He's been on absolutely everything you can see, and he's deserving of all of it. He's one of those who came from the absolute bottom. He has no issue in talking about it. He, they had nothing. He talks about it, you know, openly. His family talks about it, and he followed his vision. He followed his dreams. He continued to try to do the right thing, even when others around him may not have been. He continued to try to fix things when he did the wrong thing, and so that's what being human is. And he admits to all of that. You know, he owns anything he did that was wrong, and he gives credit for everyone who helped him along the way. And he's just an amazing person. He's so deserving of all the accolades he's receiving right now. And I'm so thankful he's helping to put Omaha on the map uh, oh. in sports. Thank you for asking about him. Well, <laughs> you're you're helping to put Omaha on the map too. Yes. So yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah. That's so kind. Oh, we've really enjoyed chatting. And I there's a lot more that I would love to be able to to chat about and unpack in a future um, episode. So I'm hope that you would be willing to join us again another time. Cause I I yeah, there's I had a few questions as we were going along. I was like, oh, we could probably do an entire show oh, yeah. something like I that. I gotta too. hear I I you know, I love and appreciate you and I think um we it's you're you're an Oklahoma Sooner. I'm Oklahoma State person, so you know that's that's <laughs> house awesome. divided. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> no, it's all good stuff. We 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 love your story, and and yeah. uh, glad to have you come to the show and and tell you know tell that story with our listeners. Yeah, and, thank you. And just so much. we just want to continue to showcase that you know when we truly care, when we play a long game, there's an opportunity to do a lot of good in the community, and as you said, spend not spend very little on advertising. And, uh, mm -hmm. and build some trust. You know, we just uh, did our presentation yesterday and talked a lot about trust in Arizona. And uh, trust is something you're going to hear us talk a lot about. It's about how to earn mm -hmm. the trust of this consumer who's been mistreated in too many situations. And so we we certainly have work to do, and we're glad you're here to tell your thank story you. as we do that. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me on White Hat Wednesday and for, you know, intentionally doing White Hat Wednesdays. It's individuals like you that, you know, help so much along the way when we're trying. So it's not always easy, but it's so worth it. And when you have the chance to be highlighted, because there's so many doing the work um, on a greater scale than we are doing, you know, what we're trying to get to. And they're not always highlighted. They're not always recognized. So thank you for that opportunity. 
Welcome. Sure, of course. Yeah. And you know, Ken, you said that there's a lot of people in your area that are out there trying to do the things. Um, you know, let us know. We would love to be able to meet and any of our listeners out there, um, whether they're listening live or recording. If you have uh, dealers that you know of that are really just doing the the they're really invested in their communities. They're really invested in the success. Let's lift each other up and let's, you know, let us know. And then we, you know, we'd love to have them on the show and talk about their story and what it is. Absolutely. Thank you for that offer. I sure will. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to put you backstage. If you okay. got to hold on there until after we've uh, finished the broadcast, yeah, we, so we can just say a proper back goodbye. To okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you again. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, what a great, inspirational yeah, I love that person yeah. and um, yeah, all of the things. And one of the questions I didn't get to is like, you came from Florida, you moved to Nebraska, you don't work for the railroad, yet you're still in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got my own uh, Nebraska, Iowa stories to tell one day, but yeah. Yeah. And we, we also should meet, um, I think she said Ron Devers is the partner. I'd love to yeah. meet him one day yeah. as well. Maybe so he's time. obviously out there doing the work as well. So. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us on this White Hat Wednesday. Again, if you know someone, a dealer that's really doing their part to mm -hmm. help lift people in their community, let us know. And then we'll get them on the show and hear a little bit more about their story. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we will see you on Friday. Goodbye from San Diego. Yeah.